1: Welcome to Largo's third quarter 2021 earnings webcast and conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Alex Guthrie, Senior Manager of External Relations. Please go ahead.
2: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining our third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. On the call today is Ian Robertson, our co-chair of the board, Paulo Misk, our president and CEO, and Ernest Cleave, our CFO. Our VP of commercial, Paul Vallant, will also be available during the Q&A session of the call. To accompany the call today, we've uploaded a supplemental webcast presentation, which will be available on our website at largoinc.com. Our Q3 2021 financial statements and MD&A are also available on the website, as well as on CDAR and EDGAR. Before continuing the call today, I'd like to remind you that some of the information you'll hear today tr- during today's discussion will consist of forward-looking statements, including without limitation those regarding future business outlook. In addition, non-IFRS financial mes- measures such as cash operating costs, cash operating costs excluding royalties, and revenues per pound will also be discussed during today's conference call. Actual results discussed during today's call could differ material from those anticipated, and risk factors that could affect results are detailed in the company's AIF and other public filings, which are available on SEDAR and on EDGAR. Further information regarding Largo's use of non-IFRs measures are also available in our Q3 results press release and in the company's latest MD&A, which are available on the website. Additionally, market and industry data contained and incorporated by reference during this call concerning economic and industry trends is based upon good-faith estimates of our management or derived from information provided during industry sources. We believe that such market and industry data is accurate, and the sources from which it has been obtained are reliable. However, we cannot guarantee the accuracy of such information, and we have not independently verified these assumptions upon which projections of future trends are based. The agenda for our call this morning is as follows. Ian will provide an update to the company's name change and rebrand initiative with further highlights provided on our strategic transformation. He will then close the call with an update on our clean energy division progress. Paulo will follow Ian and will provide an update on the company's operational sales results as well as an update on the Vanadium market. Ernest will follow Paulo with the Q3 financial results. Finally, we'll open the line up for questions. We kindly ask that you restrict your questions to two and then requeue if you have any additional questions to allow others the opportunity to participate. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Ian.
3: Thanks, Alex, and uh, very good morning to all of you who have uh, taken the time to to join us uh, both on the call and online. The the objectives for my prepared remarks over the the next few minutes are, are twofold. Firstly, to ensure that the strategy behind the exciting repositioning of Largo is clear and understandable. And in this regard, I hope to put into context the public announcements you've recently seen, including our exciting announcement regarding the implications that our pre-feasibility study has on driving forward-looking profitability, enhancing access to vanadium. And the second objective is I'm hoping to share some additional insights into why we're enthused about the integration of our vanadium production business with our energy storage business. So let's start with our strategy. We see Largo as an organization which provides investors with two separate, but closely related new economy focused business propositions. Firstly, investors will continue to enjoy the profitability and value of Largo's highly capable legacy business of producing vanadium, an element which is growing Uh, has growing recognition as a renewable energy transition enabler. We believe that this business, in the context of our recently disclosed technical report results and its plan for profitability enhancement, provides material value upside. And secondly, and additively, as our vanadium production begins to be directed for use in the vanadium-based storage systems we deliver, Investors are expected to benefit from incremental and higher earnings from the manufacture and sale of these systems. This is a business whose competitiveness is improved with the enhanced access to vanadium coming from the mineral production expansion. Our strategy leverages the unique vertical integration of these two businesses to create shareholder value. We're hopeful that providing transparency into each of these businesses will allow full value to be credited to the Largo story. As you know, Largo has had a long and successful history as a producer of vanadium, a mineral, as I mentioned, which is emerging as an important energy transition input factor needed to enable the planet's transition to renewable energy. The new use cases being developed for vanadium will be a source of growing demand, which should imply higher future prices. Largo recently announced its plan to significantly expand its vanadium production operations. Of strategic importance, vanadium production is expected to increase by approximately 20%, commencing in 2023, and mine life has been extended to 20 years. And secondly, the company is expecting to generate enhanced profitability from the sale of titanium dioxide a co-product derived from the same ore stream currently being processed for our vanadium production the cash flows from the sale of this co-product will lower the net production cost for vanadium going forward and we're hopeful that both of these factors are seen as contributing significant accretion to the value of our legacy mineral production business The second separate but related value proposition comprising the Largo investment thesis is our emerging energy storage business. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that market demand for long-duration electrical energy storage is growing exponentially as the transition to renewable energy progresses. Vanadium is being recognized as a high-value new economy mineral given its role in enabling the long-term duration energy storage required for greater integration of renewable energy into the supply mix. The Long Duration Energy Storage Council, which was announced last week at the COP26, has united to provide guidance to governments and grid operators and will publish a strategic report on long-duration energy storage technologies with the aim of enabling the global deployment of up to 140,000 gigawatt hours of long-duration energy storage by 2040. As a result of these secular factors, over the coming five years, the long-duration energy storage market is forecast to grow at a compounded average growth rate of around 30%, reaching 50 gigawatt hours annually. And to put our energy storage business aspirations into context, capturing just 3% of this market would represent full utilization of our current production capacity of vanadium in battery systems. We have begun marketing our V-Charge, as we call it, energy storage battery system, to utility and industrial energy storage customers, and have created a sales pipeline representing some 6,000 megawatt hours of storage. A typical V-Charge system for these larger size opportunities might consist of a 10 megawatt hour battery with a capacity to operate for 10 hours of duration. The sale of each such V-Charge battery system would potentially bring three benefits to Largo. Firstly, we'd earn margins from the production of the approximately 2 million pounds of vanadium contained in the electrolyte needed for such a battery. Secondly, an additive to the value of our vanadium production, we'd earn operating margins on the manufacture of our proprietary hardware comprising the battery system. And lastly and importantly, under the Largo energy storage business model, we would invest in, retain title II, and ultimately monetize the vanadium employed in this battery. So let's contrast the two business models present within our organization. Consistent with the conventional mining business model, Largo generates operating margins which are equal to our revenues less operating costs from producing, selling and delivering vanadium to its current customers. In contrast, for the energy storage business, the model is slightly different in three ways. Firstly, The operating margins generated by the sale of a V-Charge system are expected to be materially higher than the model of simply producing and selling the associated vanadium. And to help contextualize, based on the current vanadium market and assuming our V-Charge systems are priced competitively against battery storage alternatives, these operating margins would be approximately 80% higher. Secondly, we plan to invest in and retain Title II each pound of vanadium used for energy storage, and this vanadium would remain on the Largo balance sheet and will be monetized when it makes sense. And thirdly and lastly, we're proud of and believe that the market will recognize the ESG implications of committing vanadium for use in a battery system, which enables the planet to capture more renewable energy rather than the conventional use cases of vanadium. Our energy storage business employs and and gathers a sustainable competitive advantage from its unique access to vanadium, and this is something which is denied to all other producers of vanadium-based batteries today. Before I close out, I'd like to ensure that our two-prong shareholder value creation strategy is both crisp and clear. Firstly, We will deliver shareholder value from our legacy vanadium production business, value which is expected to be enhanced from higher profitability on our expansion plans. And secondly, we're committed to augmenting shareholder value through higher operating margins forecast to be earned in connection with the use of our growing access to vanadium in the energy storage business. Overall, we're hopeful that this strategic repositioning of the company will deliver a capital markets re-rating of Largo as it becomes recognized as a new economy participant. In some respects, Largo represents the perfect sum of the parts investment opportunity. The sustainability alignment of the why of our business really forms the foundation of our vision. We're truly focused on utilizing our strengths and competitive advantages to enable the planet's transition to 100% renewable energy. I'll say this is something that inspires me personally and we remain confident that this shift is paving our path to long-term shareholder value at Largo. With that, I'll turn things over to Paolo for an update on the company's expansion execution plan and operations and sales progress for the past quarter. Paulo,
4: Thanks, Ian. Good morning, and thanks to everybody for joining us today. To join Ian, I'm very excited about the growth prospects of Largo and our update brand and positioning to be more than a just-mining company. We have identified multiple growth avenues, and I believe the value of our company will continue to grow as we execute on our strategy. Before we dive into our Q3 operational and sales results, I'd like to spend a moment to outline and contextualize the key highlights of our technical report results released last week. As we have discussed earlier in this year, Largo undertook a comprehensive optimization study for the Maracas Nation mine with the objectives of increasing reserves, increasing production capabilities, extending mine life and improving our banadian production forecasts. We were pleased to report the following drilling and engineering work performed at the Campo Pit and the NAN and GAN deposits in addition to the inclusion of tiu 2 has resulted a significant increase in reserve and resources. Compared to the information in the company's resta- restated 2020 annual information form, the technical report results show a 305% tonnage increase in proven and probable reserves and in, in a, 128 tonnage increase in measured and indicated resources in for Maracas mentioned mine, increasing our mining life to 20 years from 12. To contextualize this further for everyone, over the next two years, we plan to invest approximately $120 million to begin our execution on the phased operational approach outlining our technical report, those Press Release. The Phase One invest is scheduled to produce 140,000 tons of humanite, which is the titanium concentrate, from 2023 to 2025, from which 30,000 tons of, of TiO2 pigment per year in 2024 and 2025, from non-magnetic concentrate already mined from our existing vanadium operation. Largo has a long history of successful execution at its Brazilian operation to become the world's largest primary vanadium producer. Our focus and determination in executing it successfully with this endeavor is no different. As Ian mentioned, this plan has vast implications in furthering our commitment to Lardos overall valuation, including that of our energy storage business integration. The IO2 production presents the opportunity to substantially increase profitability, and the results of the tech report anticipate free cash flow generation of more than $4 billion over the life of mine, with an after-tax MPV of $2 billion on a mining standalone basis with no allocation of production to the battery. Base.
1: And we have experienced a brief interruption in the conference. Please remain on the line while we
5: reconnect the speaker. Thank you. Operator, why don't we um, uh, turn things over to Ernest to? uh, pick up on our uh,
3: financial highlights for the year. Ernest?
6: Thanks, uh, Ian. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, and thanks to everyone for joining the call today. Uh, the following are some key highlights of our third quarter financial results. Strong vanadium prices in the third quarter resulted in the company achieving revenue of $53.9 million. And
1: please, and please, rev- continue. please continue, sir. Cool.
6: I'm back. Sorry about oh, that. Correct. Go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, I I, I was in talking about this. The phase one also estimates an average of V25 unit cost of two dollars and thirty-one cents per pound, which is significantly lower than our report cash operating costs, excluding rises in Q3. Looking ahead to the future, we have outlined. Additional phase which are expected to increase our throughput capacity for our TiO2 pigment production, but more importantly, have presented an opportunity to significantly increase our vanadium production. As pointed out earlier, we expect to increase our nameplate name capacity of vanadium from three, uh, 13.2 thousand tons per year to an estimated average of 15.9 thousand tons in 2033 onwards. With that being said, I think we have outlined a very clear and profitable path forward for Largo, one that we believe will create significant value for our shareholders. Our existing mining business has significant growth potential, as outlined by the results of this technical report, and alternatively, can be directly towards our growing energy storage business, which has the opportunity to grow our company's value even further. Moving to our operational and sales progress in Q3, I am pleased to report that production from Maracas Mansion mine was 3,260 tons of V205 in Q3 2021, representing a 5% increase over Q3 2020. And the second best quarter of production since the commencement of the operation in 2015. The strong production performance during the quarter was largely driven by increased throughput and improved the recoveries following the completion of the company's expansion pro- project in Q2 2021. On the sales front, increased delay and global logistic challenge have impacted all aspects in our supply chain, increased our inventory in in transit, and resulted in lower V205 equivalent sales in Q3 2021 of 2,685 tons. However, it will note that as a result of diligent planning performance on our sales and trading team, we have been able to deliver on all our commercial commitments up to this point. We do not expect the global logistics situation to improve until mid-2022, following increased port equipment availability, at which point we expect to reduce our in-transit inventory. It is important to note that these units of Vanadium will be sold going forward. Demand in all, in all our uh, key Vanadium markets remains strong in Q3 2021, highlighted by a quarterly increase of 76% in the European uh, F&B v 12 price. Today's price in Europe is an average price of $8. Aerospace industry demand continues to recover slowly, and we expect a gradual recovery in demand from this market over the next two to four years. We continue to maintain a strong focus on developing new markets for high purity vanadium products supports the addition of e 3 in our product range. We expect to conclude the commissioning of this plant in Q4 of this year. To close out, our focus in delivering profitable growth in 2021 and in the future. We now have a clear and profitable path Outlined in our technical report results, that when combined with the continued development in our energy storage business, really present an exciting opportunity to drive shareholders' values at Largo now and in the future. I will now turn the call over to Ernest, who will discuss our financial highlights for the quarter.
6: Thank you, Paulo. Uh, thanks again to everybody for joining the call. So let's get back to the key highlights for the third quarter. So strong vanadium prices in the third quarter resulted in the company achieving a revenue of 53.9 million and revenues per pound sold of $9.10 from the sale of 2,826 tons of v 5 equivalent. This represents a 90%, uh, 96% increase in revenues and a 69% increase in revenues per pound sold when compared with Q3 2020. We reported net income of $9.2 million or $14 per share for the quarter, representing a 261% increase in net income over Q3 2020. We also reported cash provided before working capital items of $20.3 million for Q3 2021 and $49.3 million for the nine months ended September 30, 2021. The increase resulted largely from higher revenue during the quarter, resulting from higher realized vanadium prices. In terms of our financial position, we ended the quarter with a cash balance of $87.6 million. Cash operating costs excluding royalties were $3.53 per pound in Q3, and that compares with $3.14 for the same period last year. The quarter over quarter increase is largely due to the impact of cost increases for critical consumables and a slight decrease in global recoveries with 83.7 achieved in Q3 2021 compared with 84.2% achieved in Q3 2020. As Paolo mentioned, we expect to have a solid exit to the year and anticipate ending the year with a cash position of approximately $100 million inclusive of the $15 million working capital facility we obtained earlier this year. With that, I will now pass over the the call to Ian to conclude.
3: Maybe before we move to the Q&A session, I'd like to kind of follow up on the insight that, that Paolo's provided on the execution of our uh, expansion plan by uh, giving you an update on our path to execution on the energy storage business plan. and um, On the, the, the V-Charge battery commercialization front, the build out of our product development and stack manufacturing facility is proceeding on schedule with a completion expected in uh, Q1 of next year. We are confident that the manufacturing capacity of our Boston plant will be sufficient to satisfy our production requirements through 2024. Secondly, we are on track for delivery of our first commercial battery contract with uh, the Italian utility called Enel in mid-Q2 of next year. In this regard, we recently received Underwriter Labs approval uh, of our battery system which was an important milestone under the NL contracts. We're pleased that that's behind us. In late September this year, the United States Department of Energy announced that we were selected to receive $4.2 million dollars in funding for research and development towards the scale-up of manufacturing of our long duration flow battery systems. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, we're continuing to move forward on the development of the commercial side of our energy storage business. and Perhaps consistent with the approach taken by some of the other long duration energy storage companies such as ESS, EOS and Energy Vault, we're in the process of finalizing commercial supply framework agreements with a number of energy storage developers including a company called Concentric Power who are an important developer of energy management systems on the west coast and specifically focused on California. And these agreements represent more than 2,500 megawatts of storage capacity over the coming four years. We're currently negotiating the first deliveries under such frameworks and are confident that additional system deliveries will be announced shortly. And with that, I'll turn the call back over to the operator to field any questions that we might have. Operator? Well,
1: thank you. If you would like to signal with questions, please press star 1 on your touchtone telephone. If you're joining us today using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, that is star 1 if you would like to signal with questions, star 1. And our first question will come from Carlos Alba with Morgan Stanley.
8: Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. so a lot of um, big announcements, um, but you know, I, I, w- I wanted to start uh, asking Ian, maybe if you can give us a little bit more uh, specifics as to when you expect to announce the second contract uh, on the energy business. I mean, it has been several months now since uh, you guys came out with the uh, with the business, the energy business. Uh, then you had your investor battery day, uh, with yep. a lot of fire, but we haven't really seen um, you know, a lot of pickup in in, in sales. So when uh, can you give us a little bit more color on on that very um, interesting and and uh, promising business?
3: Yeah, sure, Carlos. And and look, appreciate the comment. I th- I think it is important though to kind of keep in mind that you know candidly there is a difference between uh, the production and sale of a of an energy storage system and and the sale of a I'll, I'll say of a of a commodity product like vanadium. And I'm 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 uh, that. Uh, uh, obviously uh, energy storage systems are integrated Uh, there's you know significant uh, capital investments and they're integrated into projects which are many many months maybe even years in the in the making and so the gestation period for uh, these projects uh, is long because they are uh, multi-decade investments uh, by our customers in in the energy storage systems going forward and so I guess I'm not surprised um, and not disappointed obviously I remain enthused uh, you know be, being a guy who's been in the wind development business for a long time um, you know these things are I'll say overnight successes which are uh, five years in the making so I think we're very pleased uh, where we stand from our, our pipeline perspective uh, the engagement we have with some very specific customers and and obviously i, I, I you know I, it feels a little uncomfortable disclosing those specific um, uh, those specific contracts until they're signed but um, you know I, I think it, it feels like they are progressing in accordance with my expectations to understand of what it takes to 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 move forward i think it's it's fair to to mention that um, that uh, that the, the the evolution of uh, of uh, Largos, um uh, Long-duration energy storage technology uh, has, you know, I'll, I'll say that it's, well, it's been a long time in the making. I think uh, we're we're pleased that uh, that we our first uh, commercial battery system uh, that is was is up and operational in 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 a place called Shirley, Massachusetts, and it's doing exactly what we expected it to do, and so um, it's giving us confidence, certainly, in the delivery of the next system to Annell, and uh, and I know this was a long answer. Carlos to a very specific question I think we're confident that you're going to see us um, meet the expectations or at least um, you know, move forward toward the expectations we set at battery day this summer uh, in terms of you know what we're looking forward in to in 2022 so um, uh, I guess in, in short and I don't want to say stand by but because I agree with you that this is an incredibly exciting part of the business I I will say that um, and maybe I go back to the, the, the shareholder value creation strategy that obviously um, shareholders are enjoying uh, the profitability and value that's being created on the, on the mineral production side of our business and so uh, we obviously are, are, are anxious for us to be additive to that value but in some respects you're, I don't want to say, getting paid to wait um that this is a this is a great company and that um uh that that these developments will come um in 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 the normal time. I, I don't know if Carlos if that answers your question. I know you were looking for some very specific um commentary, but um hopefully uh I've kind of communicated the, the process we're in right now.
8: Yeah no t- uh, thank you very much. Jan. I understand the challenges of, of um giving more details at this stage. Uh, just looking forward to, to getting uh, some incremental good news. And then, if I may, um, just coming back to the more traditional um, Largo business, um, you, I, I noticed that the implied um, sales expected figure for the fourth quarter is a little bit, is close to 2,800, maybe a little bit, just a little bit above that level, so uh, still below the 3,000 the run rate, uh, and, and certainly below the production, the implied production for the fourth quarter, so your inventory will continue to increase. C- can you comment a little bit more as to specifically what uh, what could you do in order to alleviate the logistic issues that you're facing, or, or why do you have hope that in, in 2022, early 2022, that should start to, to ease?
3: Yeah, well, let, let's turn that over to um, uh, to Paul
9: Vallon. Paul. Yeah, thanks, Ian. And th- thanks, Carlos, for the question. Uh, it's a very good question. You know, we, we have been um, trying to manage our inventory and sales as best as we can in the current logistic situation. What we can do is deliver material to customers closer to the production. That is the easiest thing we can do to to to, to reduce transit time and get material to our customers quicker. We've been very active in that we have uh, sold less material than budget into asia and more material into uh, europe which is much closer to brazil Um, obviously there's a limit to uh, what we can do because we have long-term contracts that we need to uh, meet and deliver but we are doing the best we can to accelerate sales Um, we're trying to be uh, reasonable and cautious in the uh, expectation for Q4 uh, again because of the logistic situation but uh, we had a good month of sales in uh, October and we'll continue to, uh, to, to to try and perform as much as possible for the remaining of the year.
8: Thank you. Paul. I appreciate that and then my last question if I may uh, it, it, has, uh, it has to do with cost or expenses at least uh, and what, what should we expect in terms of the, uh, the run rate the normalized run rate for professional consulting and management fees I mean, obviously there was a spike in in this quarter, it was expected because you're ramping up the energy business, Um, but now that you are also working on the um, titanium uh, development uh, and maybe there is more to come on the energy business, what what should we um, look look for in terms of of those expenses on a a quarterly basis?
3: Well, Carlos, normally we limit guys to two questions, but we're going to make a special exception for you to give you the third. Paolo?
4: Thank you. Uh Ian, I think Ernest it's uh, more of uh, the the guy. Oh sure, okay, Ernest,
6: go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Carlos. Um, you know, candidly I think the the numbers that you've seen in Q three are going to be reasonably representative of what we'll do going forward. There are just some fundamental increases uh, that are associated with being listed, you know, as a Nasdaq company. Uh, we obviously have the LCE division, you know, that adds to our overall G&A. So in and around that number that you see for Q3, I think is, I don't expect, you know, substantial reductions from that number. Thank you, Aaron.
4: And, Carlos, I'm just kidding.
3: You can ask the fourth. Go ahead.
8: Oh, I'm fine.
3: I'm <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Appreciate your questions.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from Lee. Cooperman with Omega Family Office.
10: Yeah, Hi. Uh, a, a couple of questions and an observations. One, you, know, you guys created an expectation level regarding battery sales when you had your battery day. And as, a, as an observer of the company, I think things have been extremely disappointing. And the question, I guess was Carlos asked, you really were unresponsive. What is your timetable for announcing significant new battery orders? Because we only had one, and that order was like pulling teeth get it done. Secondly, what was the statement the company's looking to make when you made, which seems to me to be a superficial name change from Logo Resources to Logo? What was behind that decision? I can understand Logo Clean Energy, I understand the significance of Logo Resources to Logo. And third, this to Ernest, you know, you obviously have a budget because you talked about year-end cash. Uh, earnings estimates are all over the place. Can you help us and give us some guidance as to what you anticipate earning? in 2021 and 2022, given current conditions? Those three questions. Two
3: All questions right, well, Lee, me, let me start with the, um, uh, I'll, I'll start with the first two and we'll let Ernest pick up on the second one. And actually, I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna start with uh, your second one first that talks about our, our, our brand uh, change. And, and I think, here, here's the short answer, is that this organization, from our perspective, is more than just a resource company. Uh, and so um, do, I, do I actually think a name change uh, is meaningful? No, I actually don't. But I think the, having the wrong name can imply uh, to shareholders and to customers and to employees um, uh, you know, things that, we, that aren't consistent with the business we're in. And so I think dropping resources from our name is is a recognition of the fact that we have a we have a broader perspective than than simply producing vanadium, Having said that, I guess this leads me into your second question. Obviously, this organization has a long and rich history of producing vanadium and and I, and, 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 and and we'll continue to do that and create value and I guess I'm sorry. If uh, it wasn't the intention to leave the expectation that, that, that building and selling battery systems was the same, um, you know, had the same uh, production and sales cycle uh, as selling a commodity, as I, I mentioned to Carlos, and I'll I'll, I'll say I'll, re- I'll reiterate the answer, and I'm I'm sorry you didn't find it responsive, is that we're in active discussions and negotiations with 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 organizations who are investing in multi-decade projects. And, and 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 the the investment in in that sales cycle is not something that happens sort of you know in, in, in weeks. These 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 relationships take months to develop. And so I, I will say that you know it's not it's somewhat akin to building and selling um, wind turbines. If you know anything about that business, it's a it's a long sales cycle. Having said that, we're pleased that we've got a pipeline of interesting and and opportunities that are growing in significance and size. And I think that this business uh, has great implications going forward. But again, as I mentioned to, to Carlos, I think that the short answer is, in some respects, you're getting paid to wait. There, you know, that, 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 we, that there's value upside from the energy storage business. This is not just a startup where we have no revenues and you sure hope we come up with something. You know, we're producing significant earnings and, and revenues today and we're pleased that we have the prospect of being additive to that. And so I, 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 I'm sorry that you didn't find the, the answer to 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 Carlos' responsive. But you know, I, as I said, I think it's inappropriate to be to be telling you, oh, I think we're going to announce this sale and this sale and this sale before we're going to announce them. And if you're saying, well, it's taking a long time, that's just the nature of this of, of this sales cycle. It is what Blame it is. Blame
10: yourself mm-hmm. for what happened because you guys created a level of expectation on Battery Day. And I also would take a dissent. You say we're getting paid to wait. You're getting paid to wait when there's a dividend in your pocket. We're not getting paid to wait for anything. I, well, I, 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 I think I, the company is being very promotional. In his presentation. Well, we'll Lee, we're going to have to
3: disagree whether earning, earning returns uh, and, and, and accumulating cash on the balance sheet or paying out a dividend are not the same thing. I think I'm just going to have to respectfully disagree with you on that point. But 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 and if and if you say we were being very promotional, I'm I, I'm I'm sorry, that wasn't the intent. We're obviously enthused about the prospects. Of as I said, of, of building, of taking an organization and converting an organization which was uh, largely an old world economy um, producer, and 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 bringing it into the into the new economy with in in two areas, the ability to produce a an element which has you know, strong uses in, 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 in the new economy and one that's actually producing systems that, that, that are facilitating. So I actually, I actually do feel that this organization feels fundamentally different than, than it might have a year ago. I, 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 I'm sorry if you, if you disagree, but uh, it does feel fundamentally different. I think the prospects of this organization are materially different. And I'm hoping that, you know, for a guy who's been following this organization for a long time, that you look, you look into the announcement that was made in terms of the resource that we now have and the prospects that we now have and go, oh my gosh, there's a lot more here than I thought there was um, you know, even um, a, a year ago. So anyway, I, I obviously see it as being quite different, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm communicating that without being promotional. That's not the intent. But let's answer the rest of your question, Ernest. Um, uh, Lee obviously has some very specific um, uh, t- topics
6: right Lee thank thank you for your questions again and you know we appreciate your support um I think one of the things just to, to to start off with you know we we have not traditionally given EBITDA guidance but I think this is something that we will rectify in the near future so um, I would like to say that you know late q4 or uh, you know q1 of next year we will put out some uh, earnings guidance, you know, we'll create a definition around it and, uh, and try and break that down by quarter as well. So, I just did some quick numbers here, just just off the face of our financials. You know, we are probably in the region of about 50 million EBITDA, give or take, uh, just based on some rough calcs I just did. Um, if you look at Q4, I'd anticipate something between 20 to 25 million of additional EBITDA, so maybe more. But well, we're going to we're going to end the year on about 75 million dollars in EBITDA, um, uh, Lee. But then uh, for for next year uh, and going forward, I think we'll get much more narrow and and pointed uh, in terms of the the uh, guidance that we provide. So we will continue with our guidance on cash cost. We will probably drop our guidance on total cash cost because I don't feel it's a very good measure. Um, and but what we'll do to replace that is we'll. We'll start getting into the tradition of 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 anticipating and for, forecasting earnings.
5: And, and our next question will
1: come from Andrew Wong with RBC Capital Markets. Hey,
0: good morning. Um, so, in the prepared remarks, I think uh, I heard the operating margins for V sales would be eighty percent higher than your traditional. the Canadian business, which is very promising. Um, Can you just kind of walk us through some of the assumptions in that calculation and and how that's done? Sure,
3: sure. Um, uh, Thanks for the question, Andrew. And so um, to to be clear that um, obviously I don't want to say it's a different business and it's priced against um, different um, uh, indices. And so uh, what we have uh, attempted to do is kind of understand the uh, alternative co- the cost that would be incurred uh, procuring an alternative energy storage system, and candidly lithium-ion is, uh, is the most obvious one against which we are looking to price our battery storage systems, and it's, it's the long-haul cost. Just to be clear, Andrew, uh, it's not just the, the upfront cost, there's a concept called the levelized cost of storage, so you look at you know, over the, the life of the, of the storage system. And so, assuming that we price our systems uh, uh, on a levelized cost of storage basis, which is at parity with our understanding of the lithium ion business, you know, we back ourselves into kind of what we can charge for our, uh, for our systems, and it is on the basis of that. That we kind of look forward and say, okay, the the, the operating margins, the the revenues less COGS uh, for our system uh, are, as I said, materially higher than um, than sort of the the current margins we're earning off of producing and selling vanadium. And I and I think you know it's a there there are some more than just nuances that need to be discussed here because obviously, um, you know, as the price of vanadium goes up and down, the margins we earn from our, from our mineral production business obviously vary. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's kind of a multivariant equation. And then the other and last and perhaps uh, most important consideration of the energy storage business is that in our model, we are retaining the vanadium that we are producing on our balance sheet and so you might think well that's an interesting um kind of value add and we think it is is that you know we're going to invest in and and put that vanadium on our balance sheet and uh you know I'll say make it available to our customers but it never leaves our possession uh over the over the, the life of that 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 battery system and so I think there's it's a you kind of have to look at it from a bunch of different ways and I know this was a long answer Andrew to kind of giving you more insight into the the value prop the total value proposition associated with the energy energy business but it really does involve those two elements producing and selling the battery system uh, and investing in, in the vanadium going forward I I'm I, 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 I'm sure I, I butchered the answer so Andrew you know rephrase it in another question in a, in another way if I if I didn't get to where you were looking for.
0: No, that's good. That's helpful. Um, that, that's good. Uh, and just uh, another question around LCE. Um, we're seeing some other competing technologies that, like competing flow technologies, like um, you know, iron flow batteries, yep. um, other yep. vanadium flow um, battery producers. Uh, Can you yep. talk about how those other battery chemistries and other vanadium batteries compare to what LCE?
10: um Yep.
0: Offers and like both both on like the actual um, efficiency for the utility customer and then also just around availability pricing and um, some of like the uh, underwriter stuff like what's the difference thanks
3: sure no it's a, it's
0: a great question
3: um, so um, I think you're making reference to you know one of the most notable stories in the capital markets is a company called ESS which is producing an, an iron based um, uh, battery system it's kind of a it's kind of a hybrid battery system, but but uh, and and let me start by saying is, uh, ESS is um, uh, is is being advanced by some very capable people, and I have um, uh, and I'm not intending to 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 slag that that, that story at all because um, uh, I think we have great respect for the, the to, for the individuals who have um, who have advanced it, and there are people who I'll say we know well. Um, uh, but, but maybe I should have started, Andrew, with the comment that this is not a winner-take-all market, as I, as I hope you kind of came to the, to, the, to the conclusion as we talked about the size of the market. There's lots of room for all of us in here, but uh, obviously the things that you mentioned, capital cost, round-trip efficiency, these are all things that will determine the competitiveness and then arguably maybe the margins that you get to choose. Um, ESS uh, the iron uh, batteries you know they they I'll say they they demonstrate certain characteristics some of which are more challenging than some of the characteristics we have and I think you, you, you're, you're making the observation that iron is very cheap in comparison to um, to vanadium and so when you think about the I'll say the active electrolyte there's no doubt about it iron is cheaper than than vanadium having said that um, you know there are challenges with the voltage of a of an iron based cell. Uh, the size of the stacks uh, requires um, many 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 more of them to get the same um, to, to get to the the same size and scale of um, of our, our, our vanadium based systems. And so we did a bit of a we tried to you know do an introspective analysis. And I think we're comfortable that uh, that that our vanadium based system. Remains competitive, even, you know, not even, but against systems like ESS. Uh, what you are seeing, and you mentioned some of the other ones, you're seeing a bunch of mechanical energy storage systems, you know, these, these, these thoughts of, you know, lifting big concrete weights up and, and dropping them down and, you know, expending energy to, uh, to, 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 to make, um, um, you know, potential energy and turn it into, through kinetics, into electrical energy. Those generally suffer from lower round trip efficiencies. Than 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 I'll say chemical storage systems. So I think overall, you know, and and I will say that energy storage systems, you know, have different applications in different places in different spots on the grid. And so I think there's going to be lots of room for for everybody to be competitive. And you know, we obviously know and some, you know, the lithium ion suffers some some you know. Obviously, it's, if, if fire risks, etc. cetera. Uh, it's not great for really long duration storage because of the coupling of, of energy and, and, uh, uh, and power. And so, I think uh, maybe the, the long way i answer your, or the short way to answer your question, Andrew, is that across the spectrum of, of energy storage technology, there isn't the killer app. Uh, and there certainly isn 't the killer app which is available today commercially or even forecast to be available, so I think a we 're happy with our tech b we are super happy with our access to what is a you know a pretty thinly traded hard to get access to element like Vanadium and I think it positions us well going forward and so um, I'm happy to kind of take this offline and and get into some of the specifics for you, but um, We're not seeing that killer app which is causing us concern Andrew. Again, I apologize for the rambling answer, but you press
0: the start button Thanks Um, And then just one last one on the Vanadium markets Um, obviously we've seen prices turn a little bit lower here With steel production coming down um can can you guys maybe paul provide a little bit on your outlook for vanadium prices going to 2022 um what are inventory levels like globally um, and are we seeing maybe some pullback in slag-based production because of the decrease in iron ore prices thanks paul mm -hmm. hi thanks paul for 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 the
9: question uh outlook for the markets market, the way we see it today is that uh, prices are very well supported by strong demand in all of the industries. Our main industry, uh, as we all know, is, uh, is steel and steel has been performing very well in 2021. We met with a lot of customers over the past few months, and they have very good visibility at least until uh, the second half of next year,
8: uh,
9: so that should be positive in the steel sector. In the aerospace industry, we're still quite far from the uh, pre-COVID level, but there's been a definite uh, recovery starting uh, basically from April, May this year, and we think that uh, it's going to continue to revert to the mean uh, over the next two to four years. Um, Chemical industry has been a good business also, not that impacted by uh, COVID. And obviously, there's the growing interest in the in the energy sector, and we we believe we're going to assign a lot uh, uh, more of our uh, units into this sector going forward. So, so I think demand will should really support uh, prices. The the big unknown today is the logistic situation that could create a supply crunch if uh, if if it gets worse. But uh, but today we, we we don't expect it to 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 to, to, to change dramatically. Um, on the stock level, we are. Uh, somewhat higher than budget uh, on, uh, on, on inventory not by a lot but, uh, but somewhat higher and until the current logistics situation uh, resolved itself and we probably see that it's not going to happen in the next two or three quarter uh, we believe we're going to keep the same type of uh, inventory level as of today um, I think your last question was pertaining to iron ore uh, yes iron ore prices have dropped uh, significantly but uh, as we all know, they were uh, starting from a very, very high base. I don't think we are uh, today at a level where um, that is going to have an impact on supply reduction, especially in China, but uh, obviously, if it continues in that direction, there will be impact in global vanadium supply, especially production of vanadium in the Hubei area in China.
0: Okay, and sorry, just on the inventory, I meant um Global inventory levels, especially given that the uh, steel production in China has come down, like, is there a risk that we see um, instead of vanadium imports that we saw, um, you know, this year and last year in China, that we see exports coming out of China, which then, you know, d- despite the strong steel demand in, in Europe, um, might, might impact vanadium prices elsewhere.
9: Yes, no, it's, it's a good question. Uh, de- definitely China has become a net exporter compared to a net importer a couple of quarters ago. Um, however, it's been very limited. The, the, the volumes going out of China, we're monitoring very closely every month in this a tiny fraction of the, the whole production. We have not heard any uh, high number of stocks uh, anywhere, whether it's uh, in China or elsewhere. If anything, I think we, we, the the concern is more on the, inventory sitting in transit you know, on vessels, in trucks, um rather than in warehouses and readily available to be sold to customers. So um that that that's where we see the, the 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 main issue today is prompt availability of material. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks Andrew.
1: Thank you. And that does conclude the question and answer session. I'll now turn the conference back over to Mr. Guthrie for any additional remarks.
2: Thank you, Operator. This concludes the Q&A session and our quarterly investor call. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. That does conclude today's conference. We do thank you for your participation. Have
5: an excellent day.